Motivation and inspiration are powerful tools that change and influence perspectives, voices, and projects that shape the world. With all the negativity in the world, it can be hard to find those rare and beautiful stories that tell of inspired spiritual activism and individual healing journeys. Walk the path with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, on the show Heart, Change, Consciousness, where we inspire listeners to take action towards a more just world. We'll hear from authors, change makers, influencers, activists, poets, filmmakers, and cultural workers who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Heart Change Consciousness allows us to understand the world from different perspectives and highlights what is possible when we are fearless and open ourselves to our soul purpose and engage each other across boundaries. So let's self-heal and open the path to self-sovereignty. Heart Change Consciousness begins now. I love that opening. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat, and I get to sit beside the amazing Dr. Trish DeRocher. And today we're talking about heart change consciousness, but something that's really quite in front of us now and changing ourselves to change the world. How do we do that through self-healing as activism? That's what today's show is about. How do we become the change we want to see? I mean, how do we do it rather than just have that phrase that we get a t-shirt and we put it on, or maybe you got a coffee mug and you get that phrase and you put it on there. But what is the importance of doing our inner work? I have to say that working with Dr. Trish and literally being reminded of a path, and for me, it's a path less traveled. You know, it's a path that I had the journey to explore when I started this show. Benny and Benny, you know that. And I was introduced to these, this, this term, you know, activism, spiritual activism. And I found myself talking about something that I didn't have a sense about. That's when you know that you have to step up and lean into it. But for Dr. Trish, this is what she does. She teaches others. She walks the path. So today, how can self-healing be a form of activism? And what does it mean to focus on ourselves? Dr. Trish, it's great to have you here. This is one of the most talked about topic and least easy to do. (laughs) Yeah. So when I talk about that question and I think about how do we self-heal, I'm really struck by how many times in a lifetime we are given the opportunity to heal. And from that, what happens? We pivot to purpose. Um, some of us pivot to purpose. Most of us pivot to, <clears throat> to purpose. What was that like for you? Um, I mean, coming to an understanding of self or taking up space and deciding to actually go inside um, and to understand it as anything other than selfish uh, was not an easy path for me. And it's not an easy path for um, my clients, uh, my activists and advocate friends um, for a, a myriad of reasons. But there's just this very strong cultural programming that to take care of ourselves, 
to uh, admit that we have needs and to honor and nurture those needs are inherently, it's inherently selfish to do that. Um, and where I've kind of come to is, so what? <laughs> right? And, and it took me a long time to come to that place uh, from familial patterning, right? Um, from gender conditioning, right? Women are often told that you're supposed to be a martyr. You continue to show up for other people and you put yourself last. Um, in activist circles, it's the same way, right? You're accountable to the community and you have to just kind of keep on pushing through. So I would say that it has not, uh, it's been a reluctant path for me coming to that, very reluctant. You know, I, I would I'd really echo that because it was a reluctant path for me, but it was one that I was not going to get off track on. You know, it, it, I, I'm reminded of, uh, y you know, some of these shows that I've watched where the train is going down the track and there's an obstruction and it wants to take the train off the track. And somehow some miraculous possibility comes up and the train doesn't go off the track. And I'm, I'm reminded about that. And the off the track part for me is trying to run away from what's in front of me rather than face it, go through it, and learn from it, right? And so the part about want to change the world wasn't obvious to me. But this is really where we are. Um, daily lived activism. Those are so powerful words. And yet I don't really think that people understand that whether you're sitting here doing a show or you're my friend trying to raise three kids in Alabama and school teach, we can all be part of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I always think about that quote about, you know, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Right. And I don't, I don't think of that necessarily as blood family or even family of origin, but who are your people? Who's your chosen family? What's your sphere of influence? And how are you showing up to your relationships and your commitments in a daily lived way? Um, you know, I think that activism in the larger sense is about becoming um, the type of person who embodies the ethics and values that you hold, right? And to walk every day in truth and integrity with who you are and the kind of world you want to usher in. I, I think that we have this um, understanding of what activism looks like, and it's, it's actually premised on a very masculine, external kind of yang version of activism, that it has to be large scale boycotts and protests and in the streets with megaphones. And absolutely, we need that, right? We need that external and we need that fire. But for me, in my path, um, I've kind of come from more of that yang perspective into a more yin perspective, right? Of that internal self-reflection um, and really honest reckoning with self. Um, so that's not a type of activism or, or social change that people like to think about because honestly, it's a lot less sexy, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not very exciting, right? And as you were kind of suggesting, it's, it's really, um, it's scary, right? It's scary to look at ourselves and to be really honest with ourselves and how we're showing up to life and what we're bringing. And I think it's absolutely necessary because however we're living our lives, right? Um, whatever energy is in our fields, 
that energy is going to be connected to our actions in the world. And so that energy is going to be connected to the world that we're bringing in. So I think so much about um, Paulo Freire's work. Uh, he wrote a book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and he uses this term praxis. And it's a word that I've been thinking about for over 15 years of what is praxis. And for him, it's a theoretical uh, theoretically informed action or this combination between reflection and action. And that if we only have one without the other, we're kind of missing the point and we're throwing ourselves out of balance. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, that kind of uh, the idea of like being the change is unlearning and relearning who we are outside of our social scripts, you know, knowing that we're not our jobs. We're not our professions, we're not our relationships, we're not our social standing, we're not our degrees, or our possessions, but who are we in our hearts? And how do we do that inner work to clear out everything else that's in the way so that we can show up and allow that inner to flow outer and out into the world? You know, it's so interesting you're talking about this and I wanna ask you this question. The idea of we're not our jobs. Okay, so for those of us that were part of let's just call it the bell system for the moment. It's really old school, but it is the idea that you're part of an organization that monopolized the phone industry and therefore it had to be broken up according to Judge Green. Um, but even with that, you thought that you were so committed to this place. You know, we joked about all of us having bell-shaped heads until one day they decided to downsize thousands and tens right. of thousands of people. And it wasn't until that identity was removed did I go into the dark night of looking in the mirror and figuring out who I was in the middle of grieving something I thought that I would never lose. As a matter of fact, my mother told me, my stepmom told me as she was throwing me out, like I'm 17, she says, okay, I put your name in for a job in the mailroom of the phone company. So make sure you call them, even though now I'm throwing you out and I went on the homeless route. She said, but I put your name in because you know why? They don't fire anybody. She says, that's why you need to go there. You know, so despite your personality, you need to go to there and go to phone company. And that was true. And then it wasn't. You know, how do these types of losses, how do they accelerate our growth and our learning and maybe even tap into that part of activism that was dormant? How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, just to keep with uh, Paulo Freire, he he grew up in Brazil. He was uh, came from a very wealthy family until uh, he, his family suffered some income loss and he kind of fell down that social ladder. And then suddenly all these things that he hadn't thought about or hadn't been able to see before, he was able to see very clearly. And that's really what brought him to his form of activism and, and to become awake. So you know, we're, we're thinking about Eckhart Tolle's work that so often it's it's the pain and it's the trauma uh, that makes us awake. And I think I shared last time there was a, a situation where um, I, I wasn't sure how, if I was going to be able to keep my career and I had to have an honest reckoning with myself of who am I in the world outside of this and what is the impact, right? Who am I outside of this job? And for me at first, it was just, instead of saying I was a professor, it was saying, well, that's my day job, right? <laughs> 
And then I was transitioning and saying, well, I'm an educator. And with each kind of peeling back, it started to feel a little bit more authentic that I'm, I'm not committed to the structure because these structures are really hurting so many of us, whatever institution, whatever structure we're within. And it's only by kind of coming back to ourselves and our own sovereignty that we can start meeting other people who are also standing in their sovereignty and bring in this new world. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, let's talk about this when we come back from break, because there were years that went by before I resisted stepping into anything of what I had done. You know, it was years about stepping into the fact that this is the thing that I studied and this is what I was known for. And then it took even longer when people called me a radio host for positive talk radio. I mean, like, like who? So when we come back, I want to talk with you about how honesty shows up. And yet sometimes it scares us to you know what? And is that an indicator that it's time to take the leap? Dr. Trish DeRocher, we'll be right back, everybody. Hi, I'm Ambrosia. And I'm Alexa. And we, and we are the, the hosts, hosts of, of Inner Bloom Podcast. Podcast. A podcast about spirituality and intuitive development. Together, we utilize our intuitive gifts and our own personal life experiences to empower you to live an extraordinary life. Check us out and subscribe at innerbloompodcast.com. Imagine starting your week off with a teaching, a clearing, and an activation direct from the God consciousness. If you would like to feel more in charge of your week ahead, then I personally invite you to join me, Tracy L. Clark, for our monthly Soul Sunday non-denominational service at 11 a.m. Eastern time online or in person. All donations for this event go to the TLC Initiative Fund to help those in need. Sign up now at tracylclark.com and let's connect together in the glory realm. Are you one of the many women in the world who've carried the burdens of work and family with the added circumstance of the pandemic? You are not alone. Join Mary Rose Campbell with five other powerful women on Saturday, December 5th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for the International Conference on Resilience for Women, as they share what they've learned to create power for themselves under any circumstance. Get your tickets now at resilientwomensconference.com. Is your mind running the show with thoughts bouncing around your cranium like a jet-propelled ping-pong ball? You can't focus or relax. Quieting your mind is key to having a sense of inner peace and to being able to access your inner wisdom. So how can you quiet that racing mind? Just breathe. Sit with eyes closed and breathe in slowly, filling your lungs to capacity. Then gently and fully exhale. Repeat 10 or more times. I assure you at the end of this exercise, your mind will have slowed and your body relaxed. You'll be better able to access your inner wisdom, guiding your personal evolution to becoming your highest and best self. I'm Carrie Kadombi, and I'd love for you to join me on Transformation Talk Radio for my show, A Spirited Exchange. For more information about me, visit my website, thedivineguidancegift.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio 
exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. First of all, before we continue, um, Dr. Trish DeRocher joining me here today. This is her fabulous show. You're going to hear a lot more about this in the days to come. You know, heart change, consciousness, inspired activism as the spiritual path. Um, before we go ahead and do that, I would love folks to know how they can plug into you, how they can find out more about you and stay on top of what you're up to because you're all about engaging in community. So how do folks do that? Yeah, my website is transformativeconsciousness.com. Um, and up there, I have different events and programs that I'm running. I'm actually going to be running a transform program. It's a six week online self-healing journey. So there's some group sessions. There's a couple of individual sessions. Um, and what we really do in that program is to clear house, right? So all of our limiting belief systems, all of our unworthiness stories, uh, all of the traumas and fear responses that are standing between us and living the life that we want to be living. So that's what um, we'll be doing in Transform. And that runs January 7th through February 11th on Thursday evenings. Um, and yeah, there's all of my different offerings. I work with tuning forks. I'm a, a certified biofield tuning practitioner. Um, I, in terms of biofield tuning, I really work with healers who still have their own healing to do. Um, and I also work very closely with people who are looking to end uh, ancestral and intergenerational patterning. Those are really who clients who kind of find their way to me. Um, and I also have the transformative consciousness curriculum, which is working uh, kind of at the this thing that we're talking about today, the interstices of self-healing and activism of, of the inner and the external world. Um, so again, that's transformativeconsciousness.com and all of my services and, and programs are up. You know, one of the things too that uh, I wanna just, you know, lead into is a continuation of what we were talking about. And that is we were talking, we were kind of talking about it during the break too. You know, we were talking about some of the people that you and I knew or followed and some of the talks we've listened to people that we remember in our lives showing up and then for whatever reason they take a look at themselves in their lives and they may decide to go a different path so before the break you were talking about being honest with ourselves and where we are out of alignment with our truth that is a mouthful and let's <laughs> talk about that because if we don't base ourselves the, the word stuck is an understatement for what happens. And it, whether it's this, this life or ancestral or lineage, it doesn't matter. So why is it that we are so hungry to discover ourselves and scared at the same time? Yeah, well, I think that healing is some of the hardest work there is, right? I, I think so often, I'm always thinking about the, the 
like scaling. So the micro and the macro are interconnected. If you just think about how easy it is for any nation to focus more on the crimes against humanity in another nation than it is for that nation to look at themselves, right? And whatever's happening inside the borders. I mean, that's really what's happening with ourselves. It's so much easier to turn outward and not look at how we contribute right, to those kind of um, systems or pain and suffering and how we uphold those things through ourselves. Uh, you know, I think that it's just scary, right? There's, there's a quote um, in, in spirit realm, right, about how other people can only meet you as deeply as they meet themselves. But we can only meet the world as deeply as we meet ourselves. And we can only meet ourselves as deeply as we meet ourselves. So when we're talking about being honest and that radical vulnerability with self, it's really scary, right? All of those pieces that we've banished, our shadow self, what we label toxic traits or those bad qualities, when we're being honest with all of ourselves, all of our pieces, because we're a very complex puzzle, um, it can be really hard to look at those pieces that we don't want to see, that we don't want to own, that aren't as shiny as we would like them to be. Um, and that's, that's part of the healing piece is learning how to love ourselves and all of those pieces and have compassion. Yeah. You know, that quote, um, the way it was told to me really was in the same, but not as nicely put as you put. And that was basically, listen, Pat you know, you're never going to be able to take another person to a place you haven't gone. And I remember when that was said to me by one of my mentors. And I looked at her and I said, I don't get what you mean. I mean, haven't I been through enough in my lifetime? I mean, and then I went through my list. And she looked at me and she said, well, you've been through a lot. But you have more to do. And in 2004, when I got the mystery disease, I got what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. I understood what she was talking about when, you know, your body fails you, when you enter into a level of pain. So all the times I would say something to Linda's dad, like, come on, you can get out of the chair. Come on, let's go in a garage and let's cut this piece of wood. Come on. I realized that I had not walked that path and I was expecting somebody to do something in a place that I knew nothing about. Well, that changed for me. And, you know, to face myself and to look at my past and some of the judgments and decisions over things, it was sort of stripped away through the pain of my present. And that's what I want to ask you about. You know, part of this is we go through these things. And of course, I'm like everybody else. I had the signs, the t-shirts, but now we have to look at ourselves through what you call a system of action and beliefs. How do we do that? Or where do we start, let's say? <laughs> that was a big question. I took that back. Do you see me walk that back right there? I think, I think the place to start is when we decide that we're tired of our crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we're just, we're oh. tired. We're tired of not being honest with ourselves. You know, um, so much of what I work with is focusing projection, right? Like we love to project onto and blame other people for like what they're doing. And for me, one of my biggest triggers was people lying to me, right? And oh. I would get into this space of like, how dare they? How dare they be so disrespectful? 
And then when I came to my healing and I was like, okay, I'm tired of how I'm showing up. I had to realize that I was projecting because I wasn't being honest with myself, that I was lying to myself. Right. And so as I started healing that and really looking at that, what are the ways in which I've actively betrayed myself my whole life, right? Through not having self-care, through not establishing healthy boundaries, through not being honest with my heart's desires and needs, right? Um, I was able to start to heal that charge so that I could just accept the what is. And I, I think that when we come to that point where we're tired of how we're showing up, we're tired of the excuses, we're tired of blaming other people or kind of looking outside of ourselves for the reasons why we're not, you know, getting farther in our lives. And we can decide that we are ready to love ourselves and just accept all of the pieces. Then we start to come into this place of love and compassion um, where we can we can work with our imperfections and when we do that of course again that inner flows outer we start meeting other people with that compassion we start you know wanting other people to have that same level of self-love and softness with themselves but honestly i think that we have to get usually to a very ugly place with ourselves first I know, I hate that, but it's so true. You know, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back is, you know, there's a part of this that uh, many people go through this and they have this realization. So the realization that I had was, and, you know, let's talk about this when we come back, was if I really take that look and then I go through it, right, I don't have to go back. See, somehow we have this idea that whatever the pain of the past decades or previous decades or previous ancestry is, then I'm going to have to carry that forward if I face it. That if I face myself or the thing in myself, whatever that is, right? If I face it, it's going to still be here. My energy, my feeling around it is still going to weigh me down. And you know, what I now know is no, no, it goes somewhere. I don't know where it goes. But something happens when we face ourselves and have the realization, maybe we go in a room and cry. Maybe there's something else we do. Maybe we do pick up a sign. I don't know what it is, but that thing that was there, we now have a new pair of eyes. When we come back, I want to talk with you about one of the most daunting aspects of a journey. And if we only understood what you're about to share with us, if we only had a sense that there is a way to navigate, navigate the emotions, Mm -hmm. if we knew that, perhaps we wouldn't flee the scene of the crime. Perhaps we would stay and look at the evidence. We're gonna take a short break, everybody, when we come back. Dr. Trish DeRocha is gonna take us on a journey. What if we could understand our emotional navigation system. Why is it we were given this to begin with? Was it like a cosmic joke? Or are we actually supposed to use it? She's going to talk about that. I, I'm still on the fence. We're going to take a short break, everybody. <laughs> we'll be right back. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Message Delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit angelmessages2u.com. That's Angel Messages, the number two, the letter U, dot com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, look, thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. This is Heart Change Consciousness with Dr. Trish DeRosha and me, Dr. Pat. Today, we're talking about changing ourselves to change the world, self-healing as activism. And what I want to say to everybody before we continue to talk about, you know, how do we face that thing which we fear the most? What is it about that that we can do? How do we put the pieces to the puzzle together? Um, Dr. Trish, we do uh, let folks know how they can find out more about you, about your healing work, about what you do to help people literally get through what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my website is transformativeconsciousness.com. Um, and on there, you'll find my whole list of services. One of the things that I do is somatic coaching. Um, and so these are 90 minute sessions with clients where, uh, we sit, we enter into a meditative space and we do some body scanning exercises. And I literally just teach people how to be in their bodies, how to feel that they have a body. I know that was like a really life-changing thing for me when I realized I had a body, um, and, uh, processing both what the sensations are and what are the the memories and the emotions underneath them. Because just like Dr. Pat was saying before break, um, we think that our emotions are going to swallow us up, but they don't actually need to do that. And we can cultivate these tools that allow us to sit with really challenging emotions so that they start to soften and not have um, so much uh, pull 
in our life. So again, that's transformativeconsciousness.com. This is all part of the continuing conversation because one of the things that I now realize is, you know, when my when my mentor said to me that day, probably pretty sarcastically and then laughed, you know, look, you're not going to be able to take anybody to a place you haven't gone. And so this place we're talking about now, and I just want to say this, we may not have gone through something exactly like this, but I know I've been through something similar to this in my life. So I think it has equipped me with a sort of what would my mom say? My mom would call it, my stepmom would call it the big P for perseverance, not the little small one, but the big one where you pull and you call on everything you've learned. But the one thing that we still have to help ourselves with is even though it is great that we're learning things, can we remember how to walk through fear? Can we remember that our emotions have been given to us not to bring us down. So can you talk about what it looks like, you know, in this vein to look at the emotional navigation system and how brilliant that has been to help us rise up as well as grieve? Yeah. I think so often we think about emotions happening to us and we think, why, why do I have to feel this? Right. Um, you know, coming out of a pretty long period in my life where I was flat, I was just flat. Like my emotional spectrum was very, very small. It was just gray. Um, I was able to come into a, a different place to realize, you know, when I am able to sit with tremendous sadness, right? Whether it's for myself, for someone I love, for the global community, it also means that I have the capacity to experience tremendous joy. And so our emotional navigation system, so much of it is about just expanding that spectrum and trusting ourselves in the process to sit with some really challenging stuff. And instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Asking, what is this here to teach me? What is the lesson? What am I being asked to learn? So, you know, as we come to a place where we can accept all of our complex puzzle pieces and just sit with the what is of whatever emotion that's up for us at the moment, which is bringing ourselves into the present moment, right? Just being with it, right? Befriending it. We enter into a different relationship with ourself and we are literally rewiring our body and teaching our bodies that we're trustworthy that we're listening to our bodies, that um, we're strong enough to sit with whatever is coming up, whatever emotional weather, right? Like I live in Vermont, Lake Champlain is here. We can see storms coming over all the time, right? Yeah. And they just, they come and go. No storm lasts forever. And so when we're able to stay in that awareness body, right? Or whatever's happening, right? Whatever that stillness is for us behind the emotional weather, we can trust that this emotion is here to show me something. We can ask questions and stay curious about what is it here to show me, you know? And then just let ourselves feel whatever is asking us to feel an experience in that moment. When Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body, the pain bodies, they're like this mass accumulation of dense lower vibrations between the solar plexus and the sacral chakra that just accumulate here until we start to sit with them 
And as we sit with them and witness them and honor them and befriend them, those vibrations just start to leave our field. So we can actually talk about like very painful memories without that charge that we've come to associate, right? Um, so one of the ways that we really need to do that then is to think about what our fear responses are and become very aware of our fear responses. So um, we have several fear responses, but fight, flight, freeze, and fawn are, are four of them. And, you know, of course, fight is that defensive mode of like, oh my gosh, I feel unsafe. I feel scared. I'm, I'm going to physically fight. I'm going to verbally fight, or I'm just going to be defensive and on guard. The flight response, and this can actually, this can really correspond with our Ayurvedic doshas too, right? So whatever um, our elements are, whether we're earth, water, air, fire, but the flight is like, oh, there's a conflict. I'm going to go, <laughs> right? That feels too scary. I'm just going to go. Um, freeze is when our body kind of shuts down and we feel so overwhelmed that the body can't register. I like to say I was, I was in Peru several years ago and I didn't know that stop signs were more of a suggestion. And I stepped right out in the middle of the road and there was all this traffic coming. And I was like, deer in headlights, my system just froze. And my friend had to pull me out of the way. That's freeze when there's conflict and we can't respond in real time or my sensations get very heightened and loud during that time. And fawning is a classic earth and also trauma response where we've learned that in order to stay safe, we need to accommodate other people. Um, and so we kind of practice martyrdom or putting our own selves and needs on the back burner to make sure that the people around us are, are happy so that we can stay safe. And then I just wanted to mention um, Resma Monikam in My Grandmother's Hands talks about another one called the annihilate response. Right. And so if we think about what's happening Happening, right uh, on the police force, but but also just um, you know in in any kind of institutional structure, right where there's there's oppression. Um, even looking at the election and like how people are talking to each other across the political spectrum, um, you know ab about whatever side they're on. There's this annihilator of like I must annihilate the threat, and these are just fear responses and. When we are able to get honest with ourselves about what our triggers are, right? What material from our past triggers us and what are our fear responses to that, right? Then we can begin to befriend these responses. We can sit with them. We can understand what they're about. Um, and we can allow ourselves to just feel them, right? Uh, ask what they're here to teach us while staying in our power and our sovereignty. So I used to have a really big trigger if anyone would stand between me and a door. That was just, that was a very early traumatic life experience and my body would go into fight mode. It would tell me that I wasn't safe. And the more I've been able to sit with that, I can ask when I'm getting that triggered, is that true? Mm -hmm. Is that true that I'm still in that, that space where that threat is? And no, it's not true anymore. So when we sit with our emotions and we ask what they're telling us, then we make space around them to actually rewire them and process those old traumas and triggers out of our system. And of course, how this connects to activism is that it changes how we're showing up in the world, right? Imagine, right, when we are able to stand in our sovereignty and maintain like that warrior, calm, cool, collected spirit, 
to respond instead of react. Imagine how much more effective we can be in the world, right? Yeah. Than when yeah. we're being driven around by all of that outside chaos. You're so right. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and skip the break because I want to make sure we talk about what self-healing looks like in your practice. But here's a real practical example. I stuttered when I was a kid, right? And every once in a while, you'll hear me pause or you'll hear me double take a word. And sometimes my cadence when I talk is purposely slower, accentuated, different because I had to learn some things. So enter Joe Biden, and I know his story, and then I know he stuttered, and those of us that stuttered, we see it, right? And what it looks like is we're either slow or we're tired. When we have those moments where we either ask a question and we go, well, like that, right? I do it on the show. Benny will tell you, and I tell my folks, do not edit that out for me. That's a part of who I am. But I'll tell you, this experience and watching this recently on TV and the attack on kids and people that stutter, I had a reaction to it and I didn't remember why I was reacting to it. And it wasn't until I talked it out and I talked about, oh, that's what I went through, you know, being made fun of. And I thought I healed that thing. Uh, Obviously not. (laughs) <laughs> and so I had to face it again, right? I mean, right? I mean, it's like, uh, and for a while, all I would do is I would say, da, 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 you know, I would go, you know, so I got rid of all the, you knows, but that was my moment where I hung on to it. And I realized, wow, you know, what else do I need to look at inside of me? You know, that would make me feel less than or not enough or not equipped, or maybe I'm an imposter because here I am, positive talk radio, and I'm pausing between words. And that is such an important part of our journey. And so I want to ask you this. You work with folks on this of self-healing. Now, that's just one example of many, but it's important one. Because if I wasn't aware of that, Dr. Trish, that would bring me down. Mm -hmm. In my life, that has silenced me in my past Mm -hmm. before I understood it. You know, that would be something that I had to look back on and think, why is it a trigger? Now, like you, not telling the truth, my dad never told the truth. Mm. So what did I do with that? I went on to study Broken Promises. But I don't recommend taking 10 years of your life to study something (laughs) that Dr. Trish can help you with. So let's talk about what self-healing looks like, please. Yeah, I, I want to just kind of to, to honor what, what you shared. One of the ways that I came to take accountability for this um, and to decide to make an active choice to show up differently with my triggers was when I was still teaching college. And I had to be very careful. I taught mostly courses on social issues. And um, I was very aware of the issues that I could stay kind of in my energy and and stay focused no matter what was happening right in the classroom no matter what students were saying and the ones where i could not do that and i think some people feel like oh i'm 
I get triggered on this topic, so I can't talk about it. And my choice was to not do that. My choice was to just name and model for my students. Okay, we're, we're talking about this right now. I want you to know that I have a hard time being neutral in my body about this, right? I was always very clear of like what I thought or kind of where I fell on issues, but there's a different level of being neutral in your body about it. And so I would just, I made a decision to name, I'm feeling constriction in my solar plexus. I'm feeling a little shortness of breath. I'm feeling hotness in my face. And when I did that, it was a conscious choice to destigmatize those responses for my students. Because whenever we're talking about social issues, right? This, it's not just even in our lifetime or our experience, it's ancestral, it's karmic, it's collective. And so when we can take accountability for how we're showing up, right? And just name, like I'm feeling discomfort in my body or for, for me, whenever a student would say, uh, just to play devil's advocate, I'd go right into fight response. And I was like defending myself against my brother when I was 15. No I had kidding. to work through that, right? And then I was able to just name it. And then I just asked, could students please not use that? Cause I couldn't stay neutral in my body when they said that. So I want to just kind of put that, that's like a, a external in real time, real world example for myself. But well, you know what you're talking about, if I could just jump in here a minute, cause I want you to talk about what that really means. What you mm -hmm. just did, first of all, let me honor that because you and I have this in common. We taught. And we taught at that doctoral level to a bunch of graduate people, perhaps. And I got to tell you, if you ever want to see me stutter, let's take a snapshot of my first time I had to teach people, right? Barely, you know, I didn't even have my degree yet and I'm teaching them and what an imposter. And I stuttered. And, you know, in another show, I'll tell you what I did with that. But I get teased now. So there's a fun side of this, even though it's not fun. My friends are like, they like to talk at the movies. And I did this in a show, David will tell you, I did this in a show yesterday where the guest brought up a movie and I immediately went into, yes. And you know <laughs> what my favorite movie is? Because I love to feel the emotions of that, A Quiet Place, Emily Blunt. It's a horror movie, but I'm starting to talk about it. And you could see Jana's looking at me like, where's she going with this? And I said, you know what I love about it? Because I watched this movie over and over again. You know why? Because it triggers something in me. Mm. I mean, can you imagine being me? And I stutter most of my, my teenage life. And here I'm watching a movie where these people cannot talk. And one of them cannot hear. And I went on in the middle of this interview. And then I thought, and I do get teased about that now. When the, when my friends get on a Zoom call and say, we want to talk about a movie, they say, Pat, you go last. <laughs> but let's talk about what this means. Now, yeah. I know enough that my friends are saying, you're going to take us in a deep hole to talk about Thor. And you know what? It's a movie. Well, we have to come back to our heart, don't we? Yeah, so the work that I do with people, I like to say that I'm a facilitator and I hold space for people to do their own self-healing. And I have some tools, right? And I have some ways in um, and we, we practice together. And the first thing that we practice is just how to be in the body, which for those of us with trauma, we don't wanna be in our bodies, right? It hasn't been historically a safe place. So that's its own layer to learn how do I actually acknowledge that I have a body to sit in my body, 
to trust my body. So we'll do body scanning and pranayama or breathwork exercises. And just to really focus on, yes, I'm in my body. I can focus in on different points in my body and then starting to ask questions. What am I experiencing, right? Is there a shape? Is there a color? Is there a texture? And then just asking what the body's trying to communicate and stay curious and also thankful, right? It's like the body's always talking to us. We've just been trained to not listen to it. So we end up with illness and these physical symptoms when our bodies, that's basically our body screaming at us like, well, you weren't listening when I was trying to talk to you before. So that's kind of the first level that we do. And the second level is just learning how to get back into our hearts. So there's a lot of language right now about shifting from 3D to 5D. And for me, I understand that as shifting from rational mind or kind of the material external world down into our hearts and into the part of us that is more connected to our eternal uh, self than our personality in this life expression. So, so many of us have heart shields placed around our hearts. Everyone I work with has this because when we're empaths, when we're energetically sensitive, when we're givers, right? We've been taught from a very early age that it's not safe to be soft. And so we put up these shields in an effort to protect ourselves. But all that really does is it makes us unable to connect with our own hearts, our own self-love, and it doesn't enable anyone else to meet us in those very vulnerable raw places either. So I always joke that, I don't know if you remember Roger Rabbit, but there's like this scene where like there's all these walls and every wall is made out of something different. I had like nine heart shields around my heart when I started doing this work. And so we start to confront, like, what's the fear? We start to confront the resentment, the anger, the rage, the frustration, because we've been taught that these are bad emotions, right? But there's no good or bad emotion. There's only emotions. And often these emotions that we're feeling, they're not even ours. They're in our lineage or they're karmic. And so that's why when we go and, you know, talk therapy is super helpful, but it doesn't allow us to get into those deeper somatic reckonings. Um, so, you know, after we work the layer of the heart, most people really are committed to people pleasing. You know, when I left my career to go play with tuning forks, like my colleagues in academia just thought I was off my rocker. And if I had been in a people pleasing place, I would have been in so much fear that I wouldn't have been able to make that plunge. But I had practiced so much on staying in my heart that I can try on in my body. One of, one of my teachers taught me that the truth is light and a lie is heavy. And I can try on if something is in integrity, right? Or in alignment with my purpose, it's light. And if it is not in alignment with my purpose, it's heavy. So I can try that on after much practice and like a moment. And then when my mind or ego mind wants to get into all this people pleasing, I can just ask myself, is that really true? Yeah. Is, yeah. is it possible that something else is true? And mind so the more we do mind. that, right? It's kind of um, all the behind the scenes for how we then show up in the midst of chaos and stand in our power and our truth. And we don't dip into other people's energies. You know, so many sensitives are afraid of like soaking in, right? I use the language of untrained empaths. 
sure, untrained empaths, we soak in all of this stuff. But once you start to work with your body, with your emotional navigation system, with your heart, with your mind, right? We need to work all these layers. It becomes easier and easier to stand in your truth and to send your signal out so much that you're not easily taking in other people's. It's right? so needed right now. So what you're talking about and the work you're doing to help people, we are navigating waters we have never been in before. And what you're talking about and how you help people right now is everybody needs to learn this. Everyone needs to heal. And I think this is part of your message today. And, you know, I want to make sure that folks know how to find out about this working with you, becoming part of your groups that you're joining and that you're creating. They can go to transformativeconsciousness.com, right? Yes. Yep. Transformativeconsciousness.com. My biofield tuning, energy work. Um, my I do both the group programs. I do level one, two, three. So it's transform, align, and ascend. And I also do customized one-on-one -on -one coaching practices for that too. But that's transformativeconsciousness.com. And I want to say this to people. You don't really even have to know. A lot of times we don't pick up the phone and call for help because we think we have to know exactly what's going on. Yeah. That's not this. Um, powerful show, but also really powerful work today. You know, even those of us that have thought we figured it out can watch a movie or can watch, you know, president-elect Biden pick up on a stutter moment. I just did it right there. Pick up on a stutter moment that we see and the rest of the world think he's not well, but he's correcting himself. All of that in the spirit of looking at oneself and deciding what do we want to do. So thank you for today. I would love to know your personal message and what you'd like to leave us with. Thank you, Dr. Trish. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I just get clearer and clearer on the fact that we need each other, right, in order to heal. And that there's this incubator stage where we're kind of uh, focused on our self-healing. But then at a certain point, we really need to bring that out into the world. And I do think that our relationships are activism. They're a way for us to practice showing up in our hearts and in the present moment and in compassion. And that the more honest we become with ourselves, the more honest we're able to be with others, right? And of course, the more radically honest we're able to be with others, um, the the clearer we're able to be on the type of um, world that's focused on accountability and responsibility, integrity, and truth we can bring in. So the healthier we become individually, the healthier futures we can co-create together. Thank you so very much. Uh, and you've got something coming up in January that you've created, right? Yes. Yes, Transform is my six-week online self-healing course. Um, each week has a different theme. So we work with law of attraction principles and we work with what I call your destination vibration, which is what you want your life to look and feel like. And then the, so basically we work with body scanning, breath work, coming back into the body. Then we work on visioning work. But then from there, we move into understanding limiting belief systems, unworthiness stories, fear responses, resentment, all of these things that are standing 
standing in the way of you actively calling in that life that you want to call in for yourself. So that starts January 7th. It runs through February 11th. It includes uh, daily morning meditations during the work week, once a week group sessions um, that you have uh, continued access and recordings to, um, and then two one-on-one healing sessions with me. Thank you for tuning in to Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher. Make sure to come back next time so we can continue to awaken your soul purpose. Look forward to more conversations with your favorite authors, changemakers, influencers, activists, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. For more information about me and transformative consciousness coaching, visit transformativeconsciousness.com. That's transformativeconsciousness.com. This was Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com.